Yeah, um, could I get a, a Pepsi over here, please? That'd be great. Well, you know, it's Pyeongchang 2018. I feel like I should have a Pepsi, you know, to honor the occasion. I mean, am I the only one that thinks the South Korean flag kind of looks like the Pepsi logo? No? Yes? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I was watching the opening ceremonies, and their flag was beamed to that big old ground floor screen thing, you know? And I said, oh, I didn't know Pepsi sponsored the Olympics. <laughs> am I alone on that? I guess so. Oh, well, I'll have the Pepsi anyway. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Druhan Show. I am your host, Druhan, and this is your Pyeongchang 2018 wrap-up, or should I say bubble-bursting moment. I don't know which way to go with that. But anyways, you know, I'm all things Olympics, and for three weeks, I'm just in a bubble. I'm consumed by the Olympics, and I love it. It's just a great time of the year. It's just a great event, and I just can't get enough, and I'm sad that it's done. But hey, I have a few more moments with it because I'm going to do this podcast for you. We're going to focus a little bit on week number two of the Olympics, as I already did week number one in the first Olympic Observations podcast. Go back and listen to that if you haven't. And this is going to be about me, just kind of a little laugh about some of my observations from the Olympics and point out a few fun things that happened or great moments as well. I'm going to try to buzz right through this, so stick with me, grab a Pepsi, and let's get going, okay? P.S. Pepsi does not sponsor this podcast, but like I said, I think it's rather funny that Pepsi and South Korean flag somehow look the same to me. I'm sure it's just a, a Drew thing, but go with it. Anyways, okay, let's kick things off with a few Olympic observations, shall we? I want to talk about bobsled for a moment. I don't know if anyone caught any bobsled or luge or skeleton, all, you know, action sports, very extreme. You know, they're sledding, sliding down those hills at 80 miles per hour, sometimes head first if they're doing the skeleton. It's it's interesting to watch, sometimes a little slow because it's just like one race at a time, but who cares because what they're doing is just so fascinating to me. I mean, they're sledding down pure ice at sheer speeds on just a sled, especially the luge and the skeleton people. I mean, there's no barriers around them there's nothing but it's a fascinating sport and as i was watching it the first couple days they were talking about this pyeongchang track and the fact that turn nine is rather difficult for them and so i was like sometimes it would make or break how well they would do for their run in the meantime later on a few days later i noticed another bobsled slash luge slash skeleton term that they were using a lot it was called run breaker and i'm like they would say oh here they go they're going to go through run breaker now or here let's see how well they do in run breaker and i'm like what the hell is run breaker? And so I'm like Googling this and Googling this. I'm thinking it's some outlandish term for this, for the sledding, you know, sports that I don't know about when they're going down the, the hill. You know, it means something, something happens when they're going, when they're sliding. You know, what is run breaker? And I really couldn't find any kind of definition or glossary for bobsled or luge or skeleton for that matter. And so I was like, what is run breaker? I don't understand. And finally, I think I did get an article that said, or spoke to the fact that turn nine is rather difficult in Pyeongchang, and that is what the announcers decided to call run breaker, and it makes a whole lot more heck of a sense, doesn't it? I mean, if they're going down this track and turn nine will determine, or make or break, if you will, how well their run is, that is where they call run breaker. Fabulous, huh? I just could not put that together, so I thought that was a... It took me a long time to kind of figure that one out in the short amount of time that the Olympics happened. I'm like, what is run breaker? And I'm Googling it, and you know, you just can't... Nothing's possible. 
popping up and I'm, I get so mad when I can't find an answer on Google because I seriously feel like Google should have all the answers. When Runbreaker was just specific to turn nine, I don't know if other tracks around the world for bobsled and illusion skeleton, if they have another corner that they would refer to or spot, that's Runbreaker. But in Pyeongchang, turn nine was Runbreaker. Speaking of bobsled, how about this for you? In the two men bobsled tournament, there was a two-way tie for gold between Germany and Canada. This I do not understand. It just baffles me, for that matter, that you can have a tie or that it, a tie can even happen in bobsled. Here's the deal. They are sliding down that track 80 miles an hour, and they measure that race to the tenth of a second, and yet they still can have a tie. I don't really understand how that's possible. You know, I mean, I guess these men have maxed out that sport, and so they're all going to be racing at the top-notch speed. And I guess they only are coming in tenths of a second difference. But to tie, not at the second, but at the tenth of the second, to tie at that point, I mean, come on, get real. I just, I can't, I just, it blows my mind that they can tie in a, in a sport like that. But, I mean, when you look at the numbers, and I don't have them in front of me, but the difference between the gold medal timing and the bronze, again, was just tenths of a second. You know, I think they were still within the same second range, but they, you know, the bronze had come in a few tenths of a second slower. So that's quite, you know, unbelievable or unfathomable that these racers can come so close to one another. I mean, it does make for a good competition, though, I tell you, but Germany and Canada had to tie for that gold medal. That's kind of like anticlimactic, isn't it? It's like one of those bobsleds couldn't go just a tenth of a second faster. Hmm. Okay, let's go to another few sports. Let's talk about USA for a second. We got a few golds. How about this? Well, of course, I think everyone knows, because if you don't, you were living in your own bubble. USA women's got hockey gold. Ooh, fantastic. And I stayed up to watch it. This game went well until like 1230 in the morning. And But that's okay with me. I had no issues with that because I love the Olympics, so I am not complaining. And I watched them go into the overtime and then into the shootout that they even had to go in with Canada to determine the gold medal winner. And it was USA. It was a fabulous moment. And I just think that was so amazing. Speaking of ladies doing fabulously, I mean, they're on fire for the Olympics. You know, As we know, in the first week, we had Chloe Kim and Michaela Schifron just nailing some more gold medals. The women's team relay i think that's what it is called uh, correct me if i'm wrong i'm sure you will that's what the internet does uh, even if you're right they still correct you <laughs> the women's team relay that's a two women's team got the gold medal in cross country isn't that something this is a sport that no usa is individual or team i guess in men's or women's in cross country has ever even meddled in we just cannot top the cross country sport i don't know if it's just not not it's just not in our forte to give the cross country a good go around but not until now two ladies won the gold medal i think that is so awesome they did great i think i caught that live as well so that was pretty darn root and toot and good time go gals of team usa okay i want to take a short little break and it's going to go by fast and it's actually olympic related i don't know if you had listened to my previous podcast but one of the songs i featured in between um, on the breaks in there 
was from an Olympic commercial during the 2016 Rio Olympics. And I've noticed a trend that there are a few commercials, kind of like the Super Bowl, that just stick out, stand out. And especially during two-week, three-week span, you're going to see those commercials more than just one time because they're obviously sponsors of the Olympics. They're good commercials. They're not cheesy, corny. They're not meant to be funny. They're just, they're they're kind of, they touch you in a warm place on the heart. You know what I mean? So this, there's two that I'm going to feature in today's podcast. The first one was by Toyota. The name of the commercial was called Good Odds. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on YouTube. The song featured is Stronger Than I've Ever Been, and it was sung by Kalina Zanders. We'll be right back after this. to glory driven since I was a child they tell you life is a game but it ain't a game to me the lights are calling my name yeah I got the energy to put it all on the line if you knock me down I'll get up again I'll get up again if you knock me down I'll get up When we're free to move, anything is possible. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Drew Han Show. And we're talking all things Olympics in this Olympic podcast devoted to Pyeongchang 28. Teen. Okay, I'm in an Olympic bubble. I don't want it to pop, and we're getting there soon, but don't worry. We have a few more great Olympic observations and moments to discuss. Here's an Olympic observation for you. When Pyeongchang was announced as the winning bid for the 2018 Winter Olympics, I had never heard of Pyeongchang before, and I certainly did not know how to say that. <laughs> so for the first couple of months or even year or so, uh, whenever I had to refer to this Winter Olympics, I just called it Feng Shui 2018. Because that's what it looked like to me. <laughs> that's the only thing I can come up with to even come close to Pyeongchang. I eventually learned it, and it's not that hard to say anymore. It just it rather rolls off the tongue nicely. Pyeongchang. Uh, but there's not a lot of English words that start with a P and a Y, and putting those two sounds together and actually saying them both. I didn't know if like the P was silent or the Y was silent, but you really kind of say them both in there. Pyeong, 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 Pyeong. Pyong, 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 pyong. I don't know. Maybe you don't say the why, but either way, either way, it's a neat little word to say. Okay. Talking about neat words to say, I'm going to talk about something that can be rather annoying that announcers in sports love to do. And that is keywords or names that they latch onto. I don't know if you heard, listen to the previous podcast, but Chloe Kim in the snowboarding world was the one for the first week. I mean, anytime they, an announcer had a chance to say Chloe Kim. It was said. And so I like to turn it into a drinking game. It's a good way to help go through the Olympics, I suppose, huh? Is to drink every time they say one of these names. Well, in week number two, here's a name that the figure skating world latched onto and the in-studio host in between sports also latched onto was Papadakis and Scizorin. I hope I said that right. It doesn't matter. It's just a goofy name. It's a ice skating duo from France and uh, they were expected to do quite well and they did. They got a silver but I, I, I had not heard of this team at all leading up to the Olympics. I don't know that they performed in the team event because it's just a unique name that I didn't hear until all of a sudden the pair's individual events were going on and every two seconds coming out of Johnny Weir's mouth was Papadakis and Scizoron and I'm like 
Who? What is this? What is this? A is this a name? Papadakis and Scissorom. It sounds like the name of an album from Meatloaf or something. I don't know. You know, like. And so they set it out of the Dickens, and you would be drunk two ways to Sunday if you tried to keep up with them. And they loved it. I'm just surprised they didn't come up with like a nor a shorter nickname for the team. Probably because they just like saying the name so much. Or refer to them as the French team. I don't think we really need to hear Papadakis and Scizoron every 30 seconds. You know, we even short our American team name. It's the Shibazanis. And we shorten that to the Shibsibs. I mean, come on. We can't, we don't have a better way to shorten Papadakis and Scizoron. I don't know. Sounds funny. Sounds like Papadakis. What does that sound like? Papadakis. Sounds like, sounds like a Greek name. That's for sure. Papadakis. Anastasakis, Papasifakis wedding. Excellent. <laughs> Listen, um, I need you to perform another wedding. Can you do that? I don't know. Uh, are they Greek Orthodox? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're my friends. Uh, Monica Stephanopoulos <laughs> and, uh, and Chandler Acidophilus. <laughs> Rambling. <laughs> Papadakis and Scizoron, they, like I said, they ended up getting the silver. Kudos to them. They had a wardrobe malfunction, and they seem to kind of blame that on the fact that they did not get gold. I think they skated quite well through it. And not only was Papadakis and Scizoron a popular name to say just before that hit the airwaves, the, the Russian gals for females figure skating events, Medvedeva, and don't even I don't even want to say the other girl's name. I can't even remember. It starts with a Z. But it was a highly anticipated competition for the women's portions, and the two Russian gals were going to go neck and neck for who would get the gold. And they did. It was really amazing. But the one Russian gal was Medvedeva. Medvedeva? I don't know how you say it, but they said that out of the Dickens. I think anytime there's a difficult name in a sport and they can say it, they're gonna, and they learn to say it. I guess that's how I feel about Pyeongchang, though. I learned the Pyeongchang, so I'm gonna say Pyeongchang a lot, right? <laughs> if those announcers learned how to say Papadakis and Scizoron or, uh, Metavegeva, then they should have the right to say it as many times as they want, I suppose. Anyways, I just thought it was funny. So you could really get loaded a lot during the Olympics. I don't know. When I heard the Russian name Metavegeva, I immediately thought of Vita Vita Vegemin. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? That is an I Love Lucy reference. Invite a Vita Vegemin is a rather popular clip from when Lucy was doing a commercial and she was trying to sell this Vita Vita Vegemin. So that's what I think of when I hear Meta Vita Vegemin. The answer to all your problems is in this little bottle. Vita Vita Vegemin. Vita Vita Vegemin contains vitamins, meat, vegetables, and minerals. Yes, with Vita Vita Vegemin, you can spoon your way to health. And speaking of the Russian figure skaters, you know, there was a lot of hype leading up into the ladies' individual event between the two Russian figure skaters, one of which was Medvedeva, and the other one was the other Russian chick, Zagitha or Zagora or Ariana Grande. I don't know, however you say her name. I, <laughs> I say Ariana Grande because she kind of looked like Ariana Grande. Ooh, that's a hard one to say, too, a lot of. Ariana, Ariana Grande. She just had her hair pulled back in that Ariana Grande kind of ponytail and, and scathed her little 15 year old tush off. And that is what my point is. I want to, I want to go into age a little bit in the Olympics here. I think some aspects of it are fair and some are unfair. These figure skaters right now, you know, they would try to get a little bit of longevity in their sport, but they're often wiped out real quickly by the younger generation. Medvedeva was 18 years old and this was probably her last chance at Olympic gold, they're saying. Can you say that? Can you believe that? 18 years old and that's your last chance. In Russia, they moved their skaters along quite quickly and she was going to be outshined by the 15-year-old from her same country. Now, I felt so bad for Medvedeva because 
you know, she's working so hard and so long to get to these Olympics and win a gold medal. And this 15 year old had just come off the junior circuit just a few months prior and joined the senior leagues, the big girl leagues in a matter of months could just wipe out chances for Medvedeva to get the gold. Now, I think this is kind of unfair. You know, back in, if we look at history a little bit, the same thing happened to Michelle Kwan. Tara Lipinski, our USA gold medalist from 1998 Nagano Games, won the Olympics. And it was a big duo. It was a big competition to see who would get the gold between Michelle Kwan, your senior, and Tara Lipinski, your junior. I don't really feel it's fair to have 15-year-olds compete in the Olympics. I think they, that is what the Youth Olympics should be for. We do have Youth Olympics. I don't know what their cutoff point is. It must depend on each sport and the age limit. But 15-year-olds are just young, spry things. And for them to be doing the jumps that they do in figure skating is still not taxing on their body just yet as it is to four years later when you're 18, 19 years old and still doing those jumps. You know, it takes a toll on your body coming down all that pressure. Do you understand how much pressure it is on your body, on your joints, on your bones to be landing on one foot when you do a jump? Just for one tiny little girl... It's at least a minimum of 550 pounds of pressure going on to their knee and their foot when they land. So yeah, that's going to wear and tear on your body rather quickly. And so, of course, a 15-year-old is always going to push out an 18-year-old from any kind of Olympic gold medal chance. She can land the jumps with all ease and no pain, okay? So I think it's unfair for a girl who's been working so long to get to the Olympics and get her gold to be wiped out by a 15-year-old who just got into the senior circuit and just out of whim came to the Olympics. You know what I mean? And so age seems to be a trend I noticed in this year Olympics because I was really rooting for Medvedeva to win, even though I really didn't care for her or like her name when I first heard of her through this whole Olympic experience. But I was really rooting for her towards the end because I wanted to hear or see that the old dog deserves to win. You know what I mean? She's not old. She's 18 years old, you know? But let's go back into the Olympics a little bit. Sean White won Olympic gold in the half pipe. There was something you were rooting for, not just because it was Sean White. He was 31 years old. Another sport where you're quickly wiped out by your younger counterparts because they are doing, they're flying higher, they're stronger, they have the mobility yet because, duh, they're young. But is it fair for the 15, 16-year-old to come in and take away Olympic gold from people who have been working at it for so long? I think the age, the minimum age needs to be reviewed for the Olympics. But Sean White did beat them and does show us that age doesn't matter and you can still win Olympic gold. Maybe we should shout out to the snowboard cross uh, participant for USA. He is 30... I think he was 34 years old competing, and he came in fourth place. And he's, this is his third Olympics. It was a very touching moment when they interviewed him with, with his son. You know, he came in fourth, but he saw the glowing smile coming from his 13-year-old son in the crowd, and nothing else mattered. And it's good to have that moment because uh, he is still trying. And he's actually said in an interview, Nick Bogart, I think that Bowmangard, I'm sorry, I think that was his name for the snowboarder cross dude said that he's going to keep trying, you know, so he's going to be almost 40 during the next Olympic cycle, but he wants to give it another go. So kudos to them for keep trying and for Sean White for getting it for 31. The same thing could be said about the Alpine Ski World. Ted Ligeti, one of our senior Alpine skiers for USA, competed in his last Olympics as well. Now, Ted Ligeti, in an effort to wrap this up quickly, he is a 33-year-old alpine skier, and he has been on the circuit for quite some time, and he is kind of struggling now to keep up in his division of sports. In the alpine world, 
Once you hit age 33, that's how old Ted Ligety is. It's, it takes a wear and tear on your body. It's another one of those that just beats you down. I understand you can only go for so long and then those new kids are going to squeeze you right out. That's why I really feel that the minimum age requirement for the Olympics needs to be looked at when you have all these people working so hard for so long and then new kids just bump them off right away. My point is Ted Ligety did his first downhill competition at the Olympics and did not fair so well. He came in like 15th, 16th place. And after that, he just decided he was done. He had enough. He's won gold medals in the past. And so, I, you know, his he realized his journey had come to an end. He can't keep up with the, the rest of the alpine ski world anymore. I was disappointed in that because I would have liked to see a little more follow through. Show out the world that you just keep going even when you have doubts. You just don't know Ted Ligeti. I don't know how many more events he had to participate in, but that leads me into one other alpine topic I want to talk about quickly here, and that is the team event. This was a new event for the Olympics this year in which four members of Team USA compete together in slalom courses to win a gold medal. This has not been done at the Olympics before. And I, I had highly anticipated because we have a few big names in alpine skiing that would include Ted Ligeti and then, of course, Lindsey Vaughn and Michaela Schifrin. Well, with Ted Ligeti dropping out of the Olympics, and I don't even know if he was going to compete in the team event to begin with, and Michaela Schifrin dropped out of the team event as well. She wanted to focus on her own individual stuff and what's to come after the Olympics. And same was said for Lindsey Vaughn. She heard once there was none of our other big names from Team USA participating in the team event, she felt that there was no chance for Team USA to win a gold, so therefore did not want to participate in it. And I get it, she's got other competitions post the Olympics to focus on, but I was sad to see our big names not try to be a part of something that could be big. You know what I mean? And win, try to win gold for Team USA. Now we have other skiers in Alpine skiing there, but they're just not at the level of like Michaela Schifrin and Lindsey Vaughn. So we did compete. We were eliminated within the first quarterfinal round. And it's an interesting sport or event, I should say, for Alpine skiing to watch. It didn't play out quite like I expected it to. I won't go into the details now, but you can look it up if you certainly want to know more or message me and I can share you my thoughts on that. With that said, that was a little disappointing to see how Team USA reacted to participating in the Alpine Team Ski event. Okay, we need to take a short commercial break. Here's the second of the two commercials that will be a standout for the 2018 Winter Olympics for me. This is a Samsung commercial titled Do What You Can't. I'm sure you might recall that, can't part of it, if you watched a lot of the Olympics. It's a song called All These Things That I've Done, and it's by The Killers, another popular song, so I'm going to pepper that in right now. We'll be right back after this. That's it? You can do it? There you go. There you go. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I just think you can handle it. Can't. Can apostrophe T. You can't get a doll. Just pick this one. Tell me what you think of this. Hey guys, today I'm uh, doing the finishing touches on the bike. Can't you just get a real job? I can't do it. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Oh, it's almost time to pop the Olympic bubble, and I don't want to 
to it. But let's proceed. Okay, we're talking Pyeongchang 2018. Welcome back to the Drew Han Show. We just have a few more final thoughts here to wrap up this podcast. So hang in there. You're doing great. Let's talk about the overall medal count just a little bit. Uh, Norway took the top of the leaderboard at 39 total medals. I think that's awesome. Let me tell you why. USA came in a little lower, I think like fifth with 23 medals. Now, prior to that, USA beat the record at 37 total medals in Sochi in 2014. This year, Norway beat that record, our record, at 39 medals. I think that's kind of a good thing. and I take a little joy in the fact that Norway did do so well. It shows that America is not a dominating force. And I don't mean that in a bad way. We need to show the world that we're strong. But at the Olympics, this is a worldwide event that's supposed to bring people together. And when USA dominates everything, every sport, the top of the medal boards, it just, to me, I can see the rest of the world looking at us like, that's USA. They can culture greatness in any level, at anything you know and we have the means to do it it's harder for those other smaller countries who who come to olympic and know that they probably really don't have a chance to medal but the olympics give them a chance to compete at that level with the in in all sports you know there's the world cups every year and all countries send you know athletes to their world cups for each specific events but it's a less likely opportunity for other countries to participate in that stuff so to come to the Olympics and just be a part of that, I think is an important thing. But I don't want that to let the rest of the world get down in their hopes for winning winning gold when America is always taking the top of the podium. You know, we are we share the spirit of unity and the Olympics and what they're meant to be. With that said, we got to move on. Can you believe it's time to move on? I don't want to move on. I don't want to do. I don't want to pop the bubble. But looking ahead, we have Tokyo coming up, the 2020 Summer Olympics. Hey, hey. And then we have Beijing in 2022 for the next Winter Olympics. I always remember, and I'm going to, this will just stick with me more and more each Olympic cycle. The Winter Olympics are my favorite. I just love them. So I'm really looking forward to, to Beijing 2022. This will be their second Olympics. They previously hosted the 2008 Summer Olympics. Here's an interesting fact for you. This Olympics, along with the next two Olympics, are all taking place in Asian countries. And not that that's not a good thing it's great that they have these these olympics but all three of them are really close to each other and in the same time zone area so it's kind of like the difference between the east coast and the west coast here we were 13 hours difference from pyeongchang and that will remain the same for the next two olympics so to give you an idea when you were catching live sports this cycle will be the same for the next two olympics which means late evening and into late night television for live sports. Yeah, or early morning action, you can catch it as well. And which is not a bad thing during the week, you know, but on the weekends, you know, you have a lull during the middle of the day when you would like to catch some Olympic stuff. So there's not going to be any break in that at all. And beyond that, just to point out, we have France that's already been awarded the 2024 Summer Olympics, and I've always wanted to go to Paris and France, so this is one I really have to consider going to. I really would much prefer to go to a Winter Olympics, but France, I don't know if I can pass that up. And then beyond that, it's coming to USA, you guys, LA in 2028 for the next Summer Olympics. I'm really going to be watching to see who they announce for the 2026 Winter Olympics, though, to see which ones I'd possibly like to go to. All right. I would like to wrap up this podcast with talking about the Olympic spirit. Okay. I think the Olympics are a wonderful thing. And there's a reason I go into this bubble. It's just a time of peace. It's a time of just camaraderie amongst the world that I, I don't think we get enough of. And for two, three weeks, you know, if you put yourself just in that Olympic bubble that I do, the rest of the world, 
you're not there you're not worrying about it and it's not such a it's just fun it's fun to watch the olympics and watch these people persevere and overcome all these great moments you know let's just if you just talk about team usa winning that cross-country medal in the women's event for the first time ever or that um german team in the paris figure skating getting the highest score ever in Paris figure skating and the chick the one girl from the Paris team for Germany being in four Olympics and striving so hard to get that medal again in a sport where you're wiped out by your younger counterparts so easily came in and nailed it finally for a fourth Olympics to get a gold medal in figure skating at that I mean these are great moments Sean White getting gold at his fourth Olympics you know what I mean and South Korea taking a gold medal in luge. I don't think they'd ever medaled in luge at all. And then they bring the sport to their country and they get a gold in it. I mean, that's pretty awesome too. How about Esther Ledecka? She is a girl who competed in downhill skiing in Alpine. She borrowed Michaela Schifrin's uh, skis last minute, why I don't know, and got the gold medal. She was not expected to medal off. She was not known on the Alpine skiing world to even win. Okay. She blew everybody's mind by taking gold in that and then also competed in snowboarding and took a medal in the parallel giant slalom. Never done in the same Olympics has an athlete won two different sports a gold medal. Think about all these moments, all these things you can catch. You know, Team USA hockey taking the gold. I mean, that is the Olympic spirit. It just makes it so easy during this three-week time period that the Olympic goes on to join all the people that are going to the Olympics, media, athletes, and all the, the people that help out with that stuff and work at that stuff. You get to be a part of that so easily. It's always on TV, you know, and you can go into your Olympic bubble and put aside the rest of the world's worries. It's a time of peace. It's a time of unity. It's a time of camaraderie together in one place with so much action going on that you can just set aside the problems. And there's so much different stuff going on. It's so easy to relate to so many people about a positive thing. You know what I mean? It's fun. I had my Olympic open house. Friends could come together. We could cook food. We learned about the culture. You know what I mean? Like, if it wasn't for the Olympics, I would have never heard of Pyeongchang or understood anything about their culture or society or even learned how to say Pyeongchang. Now it's a place I want to go. Eight years ago, when it was announced as Feng Shui 2018, I had no clue and it was never considered in my back of my mind that I would like to go. I wish I would have gone to Pyeongchang Olympics. It's a goal of mine to someday go to the Olympics. Now, knowing what Pyeongchang is, I kind of wish I would have made it the goal to go to those Olympics. With that said, I mean, that's the greatness of the Olympics. You just you learn so much. You get value from it and at in a peaceful time good time that's what the olympics is to me that's the bubble i put myself into that's what i'm oozing out of myself in this podcast it's the olympic spirit it's such a great thing folks and it really can just take you away take you on a journey it's a fun thing you know it just breaks up the monotony of the world you know what i mean and all the all the constraints all the crap that goes on it's just so easy to set that all aside during the olympics enjoying the world all together at one time happy about the same thing you know i'm letting the other people bark about their news and all their laws and their regulations meanwhile i am taking part being a part of this joyous event that's going on around the world as we speak so that's the olympics 
That's what it is to me. And thank you for tuning in and following along with this. Don't forget to like the Facebook page. That's the Drew Han Show. Search it out. Not that hard to find. You can follow me on all the social media platforms. That includes Snapchat. That includes Instagram. Of course, I said Facebook. You can find the show on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. It's it's free across all the platforms. So you're going to want to find it. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on however you listen to the podcast. It lets me know that you're listening. And you can make comments. Tells me how I'm doing. You know what I mean? I, important thing is just to follow the Facebook page. You'll get all the updates on when new episodes come out. My name is Drew. Thank you for following along. And until next time. Smooches. And so I was like, you know, and, and just, you know, sometimes it would. Alrighty, everybody. Well, <clears throat> gotta clear the throat. This is your 2018 Pyeongchang. Oh, the Pyeongchang. Alright, everybody. Welcome back to the Drew Han Show. This is your Pyeongchang 2018 podcast. Blah. Nothing wants to come out naturally. Was Papa Zan. Oh. Was Papadakis and Zizera? Nope. Papadakis sounds like something. And I want some food. Uh, rambling. <laughs> Anyways, so. <laughs> I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. All free class, all the flat platform. It's all flat platform.